All right, so I, I'm I'm here in Barcelona for uh, VMware Explore, and we can talk about that later. But I'm in Barcelona. I went to the hotel restaurant because I had to. Um, it's actually pretty nice. Now I've got a Renaissance update uh, that we can get into if y'all are interested. You know, my ongoing quest to figure out what the fuck the deal is with Renaissance hotels. However, I went to the restaurant because I had this recording, and I figured I'll just go there. It was a great meal. I liked it, um, but. Uh, it slowly filled up as I was there and, um, you know, I was eavesdropping here and there. And then, um, there was a couple, which it was very sweet. Uh, I don't know who was the VMware person versus not, but they had brought their partner with them and they were like totally hanging out, having a good time at their table. And someone had to go, I'm assuming to use the, the toilet. And so like, they had like a little cuddling and caressing before they left. And then that person walked by and that person was clearly wearing a lot of um, whatever you want to call it, perfume, cologne. And uh, it smelled pretty nice, like as they walked by. And so I wanted to ask you two, what is, you know, we can go as long as you want on this topic. What is the deal with wearing cologne for, uh, for, for a male identifying person? Because now that's the question. Let me tell you my answer is I, I feel very like I always enjoy the smell, but I feel like if I wore cologne, uh, I don't know. It would be negative somehow. So <laughs> like, I, I'm trying to like thread this thing of like, I mean, everyone likes good smells. And yet that's not a thing that like American men do or not. Like what, what goes through y'all's head when it's so, someone is like, well, okay, let me, let me rephrase this more specifically. So Matt Ray in Australia, what's the deal with cologne? <laughs> um, well, well, so Australia's got, uh, oh man, um, there, there's, there's this, uh, they've got that same youth culture that's into like, you know, the, the, uh, the Adidas and, uh, you know, sure, sure, um, sure. Um, I don't know who, you know, young, young hooliganism and uh-huh, they uh-huh. always smell like, is it Paco Rabani? I don't know. There's some, there's some or, scent or- that you. Or, or yeah, I, th- like, I, I think in the states the joke would be it's like Axe or whatever. At least yes, that was the joke Axe ten years ago, spray, right? Yeah, you yeah. smell them and you're like, oh yeah, you know the 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 kids are the kids are going clubbing, and you know you smell sure, that and you're like, sure. Uh, so I, that's but, but, the only but, one that but, really but, stands out that but I let's smell dismiss a lot that, here. right? Like because that's almost like that's almost like I mean, it's the equivalent of like you've got a really tricked out Honda Accord. Like good job. Right. But like, <laughs> let's move on to like, you know, so, so what, is, what is like the $700,000 Mercedes that you're going to buy? How does this I don't like know, man. represent so, what's going on there? Let's what's, what's the mature, like male smell. You're, like, you're asking the wrong guy. I, I, I'm the one who's like, don't you have anything unscented? So, you know, I'm right. But I'm I think that's all that the, is the answer. Stuff. I think that is the yeah, answer. Yeah, okay. To yeah. the thing is at least in, I don't know, I guess this probably does vary by region and, you know, local norms but i feel like it is like cologne is sort of like a younger person's kind of thing like you know the axe mm, body spray mm. like you just kind of joked about it yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. um i can't remember the name of it but i think there was there wasn't axe but there was something else when we were kind of of that age that everybody kind of wore teenagers kind of maybe early college but then there's uh-huh. this moment i think where people sort of just uh, it's like no no do you have the unscented brand i'm just looking for the unscented brand or, or, sure, or sure. something that has sure. a very like just a just a tiny, uh, you know, if you will, perfume or, so, or smell to it, right? That isn't a, so I think that's but, kind of the, the, what the deal is, is like the older you get. Okay, okay, just, okay. Let, the more you're trying to just be unscented and not smell unpleasant, but not bring anything new to mm, the table. Mm, now, 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 hierarchy. now, let me add a bridge here. Now, long-term listeners will know that there was a period several years ago where I experimented with deodorant. And I was equally obsessed with like the unscented deodorant, right? Because my thinking was that like, um, you know, maybe I should wear deodorant. Uh, uh, I forget how old I was at the time. This po- we've been doing this podcast for about 30 years, so it's hard to, to tell like when that was. Uh, but, you know, I didn't want to wear deodorant where someone would smell it and be like, oh, he's wearing deodorant. Right. right? So I wanted to your point, both of y'all's point, I wanted the unscented thing. Now, I think, I think, Brandon, you have given the answer, which is that in the American mind, cologne and deodorant smell are the same thing. Right. There, there's it's it's almost like it's it's like uh uh and and, yeah. and I guess 
like that's what I'm that's what I'm sort of realizing is that like maybe in the same way someone pointed out to me that um, continental Europeans here at the conference will wear like a sports jacket and a suit, but they'll wear wear white sneakers or tennis shoes, right? And so like that's sort of like a, a, a style choice that you have, and I almost feel like a cologne is a part of your wardrobe. It's not just an antiperspirant that has a smell like a teenager, right? Which I think is like, what, what, is, what is filtered down to our American mercantile CVS drugstore mindset is like, this is some sort of um, uh, tool that we're using to be less shitty to, to everyone around us. Whereas like, I think, I think, I guess what I'm driving at is I feel like maybe you can use cologne as part of your like deal like your whole presentation, your thing, which I don't understand, but I'm very curious about as far as a fashion accessory that you have. Well, you're talking to the wrong people. (laughs) (laughs) Unless Brandon's got something. No, I was just going to say, I think, uh, I think where you're going, Cotes, is sort of like what is, I guess it is ultimately your personal style. Like, yeah, if you, if you sort of want to, you know, it's like, whatever, I think it is. It's like, I would just kind of lump it in with personal grooming in general. Like, yeah, like, how do you want to brush your hair? How do you want to, you know, where have a beard trim a beard um you know fashion uh-huh. and then yeah what kind of like do you want a heavy you know uh heavy you know oh uh, i don't know i'm trying to think a heavy odor of perfume or cologne or do you prefer something more you know Please subtle know. so i don't know i don't know it's probably like all of these things in the end it's like you know what would somebody say like a um like a, a very secure person would be like hey if you feel good that's all that matters right you know right. something like that some kind of advice like that if you feel good everybody feels good I, I, I think so. I think exactly. We, what we have identified is I need to explore the shift between two words, the shift between odor and presence. And I think somewhere in between that understanding is the mystery of should you wear cologne or not. That's like monitoring and observability. Software Defined Talk is brought to you by Teleport. Every hack follows the same problem. First, hackers exploit a human error, like a leak key or a secret left in code. They gain a foothold and then pivot, moving from one compromised system to the next. Sound familiar? Teleport breaks this cycle. Open source Teleport gives every engineer, every piece of hardware, every application an identity. Replacing secrets like password and keys with auto-expiring identity-based certificates, the Teleport platform reduces the opportunity for human error, increasing productivity, and revolutionizing security and compliance. Learn why the most valuable visionary businesses in the world choose Teleport at GoTeleport.com. And of course, we thank Teleport for sponsoring our show. All right. Well, Kote, you know, we had Matt on. Uh, he was our live correspondent from uh, KubeCon. And I thought we'd do kind of something similar. You're over at VMware Explorer EMEA. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm, the that's official right. name. So, I think, um, I, well, 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 hold on. Since I work, I think it's EU. Oh EU! Not, not oh, I wrote all right, whatever. I'll whatever. My uh, my notes here. I just no I don't problem. Know. I I always say it, yeah. So, um, yeah. but I thought we started like you know because I think a lot of times like these conferences like kind of run through kind of get some of the same same feel what's going on. So mm-hmm. I just thought like you know I just like to start with like the simple the vibe check like a vibe check like I asked Matt the other day is sort of like you know one like sort of what are the what's the state of the the uh, health restrictions or lack of health restrictions. And then two, uh-huh. like the other thing I always like, you know, about these conferences is sort of like, are you in uh, is it kind of like reunion time? We haven't seen each other in a long time or are, are you now settled back into like, this is just conference ro- co- typical conference rotation. We've all seen each other uh, and we're, we're back to just working. What's, what's the vibe there? All right. All right. So I'll, I'll go, I'll go in reverse order. So I think, I think the the overall vibe, whether it's uh, colleagues or, I don't know, non-colleagues, whatever that means that I meet, is, yeah, it's that uh, we haven't seen each other for a while, and it's good to get together. And I think the um, there have been a lot of uh, conversations and remarks about, about how it's really nice to just, like, run into people and talk with them. And on that point, like, so I bring that up because it's – I've been thinking over the past couple of days that I think the whole, like – uh, remote versus in office conversation is missing an important um, qualifier, if you will. Like, I think that all of this kind of like ad hoc collaboration and business value creation that the you should go to the office people are concerned about 
doesn't necessarily happen like when you're in the office. It happens when you like create this time where you don't have anything else going on and you just kind of like hang out with people while you're waiting for meetings to happen. Right. And so it's not like all like I've, I've done a lot of, well, for whatever the fuck it is, I do a lot of work, so <laughs> to speak, over the past couple of days with just like I'm hanging out somewhere with a colleague waiting for a meeting to happen or after the meeting, we're just like getting a sandwich and you just talk with them. Right. And so there's a lot of like thinking and like scheming and actual sort of like, again, work in my category of work that we've done. But it's not because we were like in an office together. It's because we were in this like void of nothing happening. And so therefore we filled it with time talking with each other, which if I were to say, well, everyone needs to return to the office because they need the void of nothing happening, right? That would not sound like a good HBR article by someone who wanted you to go back to work. <laughs> but I really, I, like, I, I think there is like a, a good, um, and you know, any sort of like creative artist person will basically say like, yeah, you need to like spend a lot of time doing nothing so you can work really hard doing something. And I think that's the kind of thing that you encounter at in-person conferences is like people are just like sitting there and you go talk with them and hang out and you do stuff, which I don't really think that doesn't happen when you're in the office, like in person yeah. at all. Right. That's a total, those are two totally separate yeah, different I, things. So I think right? you're kind of making some kind of argument for like the scarcity of it, right? The fact that it's somewhat special, it doesn't happen all the time. And then therefore when you kind yeah. of get together, there's, it's almost like the fact that you're together is a reason to like, Totally. Go out and spend some more time and do things together. Whereas maybe you're in an office every single day, you could go to lunch or you could grab a, a break. But you know, because you're there every day, you won't, you, you never do it, right? It's kind of the thing, like right. You're, you're like, like oh, oh god, that there's that fucker coming down the hall. I'm gonna go the yeah. other direction. And you're just like, I I want to get out of here. And you're probably you know pulled by like some home commitments or outside work commitments. And you're like, uh -huh. I gotta get out of here. Whereas you're at the conference, like, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna spend three days doing it. So I agree. I mean, I think there's, I think that's part of like you know, as you said at the beginning of this, like out of that whole thing, that whole discussion around like, you can still like, even if you're not in the office together, it doesn't mean you can't come together at some interval and then take mm -hmm. advantage of doing stuff at, you know what I mean? It's like almost be focused and then leave. So it is. Right, and right. I do think these conferences, I mean, all my experience with conferences are always playing multiple roles. There's the stated purposes to like go sell more to your customers but at the same time too it's always like conference great time to meet with partners great time to meet with the team great time to do some team bonding great time yeah, and yeah, also yeah. too it's like the, the the boondoggle we kind of make fun of it but sometimes this is nice to have fun like be out with these people you know i guess that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. falls under team bonding it's like that's okay too it's like the fact that you're having fun at the conference like nobody has to apologize it's like yeah i i i, I think i i think i mean a few things like the corporate boondoggle is actually high, highly productive Right. Like if you, if yeah. you do a boondoggle, right. It's, it's great for productivity and Abita <laughs> and everything. It's an offsite. Yeah. 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 And, and then, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's also good that you raise, like you, you brought up the whole ecosystem angle of like, there's also partners and all these other people who come to a gigantic industry conference. Right. And, um, yeah, like you never really get the chance to talk with them at all. And so, yeah, so that aspect as far as like being in person and re-meeting people, like it is, uh, I don't know, it's almost an excuse to do good work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? No. Like like that. That's, that's a lot of like what successful big company bureaucracy is about is like intentionally coming up with an, that excuse to like do something, right? And so you get that with the conference. So your second thing is, um, as far as like the COVID stuff, I, I was talking with one of my uh, friends who, uh, you know, from Austin, who's here and like, yeah, I'm, I, I don't think Europe remembers that COVID happened. I, okay. I think maybe so that's totally on. out of their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I've said back. this joke. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know I've said this joke on the podcast before or, or here before, but like, um, you know, if you see someone in Europe wearing a mask, you know, they're an American. That's kind mm. of like the uh, wow. You, you know they're like the three percent of Americans. And obviously, don't get me wrong. I'm overstating no. this to make a joke, right? So there are many, many people who like wear masks. Blah blah blah. But like, chances are high that if you see someone wearing a mask in a touristy area, definitely an airport, they're probably from the states. Which is mm. like, I don't. I'm I'm passing no value judgment. I don't know what to do with that. But like the Europeans are kind of like, eh. Like, I forget if I went over this, but when, when Kim and I went to Vienna, 
um, we were on uh, what you would call a tram, you know, the tram in Vienna. And um, we weren't wearing a mask. And someone, someone started talking to us about how it would be better if we were wearing a mask and they live there and like so forth and so on. And they were an American. And it was like <laughs> none of the Vietnamese like said anything to us. It was like this American person who was like talking to us. And it was just like, oh, well, cool. We're getting off. Yeah. The next so, stop. I mean, it's probably like a lot of places, like every local community, because we speak of the United States and Europe, like it's all just one thing, but I'm sure like every community kind of yeah, has its own yeah, norm. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I mean, good or bad, it's, it sounds like it's pretty, pretty yeah, normal. I, now, what about again? What I have, if, I have no idea if that's good or bad. I'm just reporting. That's no, hey, that's there. what we want. We want live on the ground. Yeah. Now, you know, we talk about conferences. It's always, you know, two things people always want to know is like customers to vendor ratio. And then my second one uh-huh. that I, I call it the blue blazer to black t-shirt ratio. So it's a sort uh, of yeah. like, maybe give us, uh, you know, who, like the play by play, who is actually attending this thing? I think, I think there is a, uh, there's a high black t black t-shirt ratio, like many, many people wearing the t-shirts, not the blue blazers. In fact, like if there were people dressed up and had like combed their hair, I was like, they must be my coworkers. <laughs> Like, like, so I think, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, there's a lot of practitioners here, like actual, just like VI admins, whatever you want to call them. So, so that was nice. You know, you know, the kind of people who are walking around. Yeah. With with, with like a backpack and a t-shirt and they're kind of like looking around trying to like figure out what's going on. But yeah, yeah, it was mostly them. And then what, um, you know, would you say it's mostly like, is it mostly like a, a corporate kind of selling environment? There's a lot of community focus. Mm. Like, is it like a split? Like who's, cause now at a vendor run, that's something like VMware. Like, you know, I, I would ex- like, I don't think it's a bad thing. I would expect it to be kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of a heavy sales presence, but do I have that wrong? Uh, I think, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell. Cause I didn't actually go to a lot of talks. Cause this is one of those conferences where you have to pre-register for a talk um, and so like, I mean, uh, it takes effort, it I, takes planning. I, well, I, I was going to say, you know, you two should guess what style I am, but I, I, I know <laughs> it wouldn't take any long to guess. Like I basically like, you know, five minutes before the talk, I'm walking around trying to find one and there's these little signs that are like room full. Right. So like I, uh, uh if you have to pre-register for a talk, that means I'm not going to see any talks, uh, essentially, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's like hands-on workshops and like all these things. I mean, I think it is, uh, it's very much like a VMware conference, right? But it's right. not like, it's not as like, I think the thing is like that the VMware community is so big that it doesn't come off as like just a pure like commercial vendor thing, right? Like it, it's kind of like if you went to like, I don't know, like I've never been to a reInvent, but I assume you go to a reInvent and it's like, yeah, I don't know if this is like totally like commercial vendor driven because it's everyone is here, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and yet it's like, it's like yes, nobody has you're to sell at AWS, the AWS conference. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, I think to your point, like I think where that often is like you see like a really sales heavy show um, where their the user base isn't built up, right? And so obviously both AWS yes. and VMware, yeah, and in the yeah. case of like no, no, like it's been you know their billions of dollars has been spent and like you know. I don't know, tens of thousands, millions of workloads are in these things. So there's going to be a group of people like, no, I, I need to know what's in the latest version of this. Cause like we already own it. And totally, I, need, totally. I need to go back and decide if we're upgrading. And, you know, so it's a very much like a mature, you know what I'm saying? You have like a, a, a mature user base. So that's kind of what, what I would expect now. Yeah. You know, yeah. For all like, of us, like, that, like, like, mm-hmm. like, so another way of putting it is I was walking around as I was, as I was doing, trying to find a talk and there was one, there was a hallway you know how it is at these conferences. Uh, they have those like big walls that go like way up to the ceiling. So it's like this kind of weird gigantic hallway that giants would walk in. And there were all these people like clustered at the end of the hallway waiting to get like maybe let's say 50 people waiting to get into a room. And so I was like, oh, what's going on down there? And so I walked down there and I looked at the, the talk that was going to be there. And it reminded me of uh, Java 1 because the talk was the talk was called um vsan tactical configuration options and <laughs> i don't really know what a vsan is or an sd wan but i was like i know why everyone wants to go to that because it reminded me that like at java 1 there was always like one talk that was basically like jvm optimization and it was right. like it was like the talk that was all like so 
anytime that you type hyphen hyphen capital X, we're going to talk for 50 minutes about that, what <laughs> follows after the X. And that was always like the times that I went to Java one, that was the most attended talk ever. Right. Just like oh, wow. people who just wanted to know, like, yeah, what the fuck do I type? That, that, right? Yeah. Like, that's like the hardcore practitioner talk. They're like, this exactly. made the whole trip worthwhile. Yeah. And, and, and like, I mean, obviously I'm overstating it, but I feel like half the conference is waiting to get into that talk. Right. Like they just wanted to see how to like what 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 capital X commands to pass into their JVMs to, to make it run more efficiently. I like it. I like it. Now, what about, you know, um, this is going to be my new conference go to question. So this I'm, I'm, it's going to be impossible. Kate, so I'm going to ask you first. It's like for all of us that didn't watch the keynote or didn't we're not actually at the mm. show. Can you just like because I do think a lot of times these shows come down to like like here's the one overarching thing, the company, the keynoter the industry is trying to get across like, so like what, if you were just to summarize that and, you know, I don't know, a short summary, like what, what what's the one takeaway that your, your VMware uh, executives uh-huh. will want us all to know? Well, Brandon, I have been to VMware media training. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, cheese. okay. Hold on. Get the hands out. Yeah. the hands out looking at me and then, you know, make uh-huh, eye uh-huh. contact and then, all right, now, okay, now line it up. Now knock it down. Give me the, uh-huh, uh-huh. give me the pitch. No, I, I, I think I think it's like um, I don't know. There, there, there's a bunch of stuff, but the way that I would explain it is, uh, I don't know. Let 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 me run this th- these two words by you two. Have you heard of the idea of heterogeneous IT? Yes. Like it's it's Can basically like yes. like I was I was talking with one of my old uh, analyst friends, John Collins, over there at uh, GigaOM. He's been there for a while. He's he's a great guy. If you ever run into him, fantastic. Um, and. I was telling him that, like, I was asking him, like, he's in the analyst part here. And he was, I was asking him, like, anytime I run into an analyst friend at a conference for a place that I work at it otherwise, I always ask him, like, what are they telling you in there? Like, how's it going? Like, <laughs> what do you think? Because I'm always curious, obviously. And, you know, he, he um, I, I, I think he, he would have answered your question a lot better. But he brought up, like, the, the multi-cloud thing. And what I, what I told him is that, about a year ago, like everyone in the industry was talking about like multi-cloud and this, that, and the other. And I, I was trying to figure out what I thought that meant. And then I realized like, ah, I worked at BMC Software and we used to call that heterogeneous IT. And that's pretty much what it is. It's just like, or as I said to John, like, I don't know, computers, right? It's just like, you got computers, they run stuff and like, you always need to find the logs. And that's kind of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, let's, let's find the logs. Where are they? Right. And so you always need that. Uh, I don't think anyone says systems management anymore, but I don't know. You need that layer. And that's, uh, that's the deal. And there's a bunch of other shit on top of it as well, but. Well, I, I would mean, have said, you know, I was interesting because I was sort of kind of writing down my answer, like what, what I think I would have said. And it sounds pretty similar. It's just, I, I don't know, maybe it just comes more simple. It's sort of like, I would have said something like hybrid IT and Tanzu, right. It's sort of like VMware. Sure. sure the future sure. is going to continue to run wherever you want to run totally. on premise and not in, of course, we're committed to our previous technologies, you know, all the VMware things we know and love and we're committed to the future and that's Tanzo. And then, yeah, you know, yeah, and then, yeah. and then it's just like, literally that's the keynote. And then it's like, okay, if you want to know what all this stuff really does, like go to the sessions, go to the, right, right, right. the, no, the no, and, session and, and for the is, storage people, go to the Tanzu yeah, session yeah. for the Kubernetes people and you know, that's it. Right. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't actually observe the, Hmm. let's see let's say let's say the late 2000s when virtualization was on the rise but i imagine there was a similar conversation there of uh you've got to move from like physical uh infrastructure to virtual infrastructure and by the way someone's actually going to want to like run some stuff on top of that like you know the application part right so yeah i mean of course there's like application talk but like you know with with the the vm where explore crowd most people are operations people so you allude to and talk about the application layer right but like it's a different crowd if you want to talk about more developer centric stuff and applications and stuff but it's definitely laced in there but like i think ultimately like it's like the message message that all companies like vmware have it's just like yeah you have computers everywhere doing all the things we can help manage it you would like to manage it and and like it would be super cool if also your developers could write good software which we can talk about with you as well. But for the people in the room here, you got to make sure that like all the little like lights are green. That's kind of what you want. 
and some are going to be yellow, some are going to be green, and that's fine. And once more green than yellow, maybe you could go talk to the developers and help them out and like, you know, figure out what's going on there. I like it. All right. Well, let's get to the fun stuff then. All right. What about, uh, give me a sense of the show floor. And more importantly, did you identify any best swag of the show? So, so the, the, the best swag was not swag. However, uh, so I was hanging out with, um, uh, my, my old friend, Phil Fritz at IBM over there in Austin. And, uh, we tested out a rumor that I heard. So I was hanging, I had breakfast with some, uh, some British colleagues, or English. And I never know if you're supposed to say British or English. You know, no one needs to send me an email. It's fine. <laughs> I'll I'll survive. Uh, but uh, I heard I, I heard from one of my English colleagues that uh, Lenovo had a beer tap. And Ooh, so okay. when I met up with Phil, I was like, let's go uh let's go find that Lenovo. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some laptops. And so you know, we peripatetic over there, and uh, and and then we found that indeed the Lenovo, Lenovo people had a beer tap, and oh. um, they, of course, of course, they scanned our badge, totally <laughs> fine, and they gave us um, they gave us what I would call a dimmy European beer. So like they gave oh, us like little, a, well smaller you know, than it's, small. It's business hours, right? It's to- it was totally fine, right? Yeah. But like we to- we got a free beer, and I think we could have gone back and uh gotten more but that was the best yeah. swag i you know you know what the best the best i mean uh during during the uh the booth happy hour thing of course you know they all had alcohol but a couple of the booths at uh at kubecon had night nitro uh cold brew uh coffee oh yeah that's good too. i that got my badge scanned multiple times for that because i was like this is so much better than the conference coffee yeah yeah find, find that that's the good stuff they they had that uh, they had that at DevOps Days Dallas. There was like a oh. little stand where they where they had some local vendor come in for the the nitro coffee and yeah, man, it was I was all about that. All right, what yeah, about was... uh, best? Uh, you know, Matt chimed in with a good one last time. You know, he went running as uh, people could see very early in the morning. If you looked at the show uh, pictures from last uh-huh. week, but Cote was there uh, a best? I, I was calling this best party, but now I'm just gonna call it best activity. Was there like a fun run, a music performer? Uh, I don't know, huh. something unusual. Any, well, what well, well, I do about? have the, uh, uh, um, because of my loyalty to our listeners, I am missing the big show that they have here. And they have um, wh- whatever band it was that has that in song in the breakfast club. I, I don't know what they're <laughs> called, but the don't forget about me people. I don't know, whoever they are. And I'm sure it's fantastic. But um, so this, this, let me bring up, uh, I, I think um, to answer the question, that I can't answer. Let's go to my Renaissance theory, right? So the, the most interesting thing aside from the conference is that I have now finalized my theory of the Renaissance that what makes a Renaissance hotel is that there's an atrium. Like I think any Renaissance yes. hotel you go to, like it's built around an atrium. Cause I met the one that is, um, so we're, we're like, we're actually not like uh, in the center of Barcelona. We're, we're uh, I don't know. It's the, the, the Finca area. And so there's a renaissance here, but what they have is, so if you can imagine, so imagine a letter H, but you cut off those two legs on top, right? So it's just like, you know, like, like, like the bottom Table. of the letter H. And so the rooms are in the, 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 the legs of the H and in the middle, it's an atrium, but there are no walls on the tall building. So it's just like, it's like these stairs that go up and down and they've got like every level is like has a bunch of like plants. So it's kind of like you've got this like hanging jungle or hanging garden in between them. And you've got this very interesting atrium effect. So I think that is um, I wouldn't call it the most interesting activity, but it's <laughs> it, it, it is a fun activity in my ongoing trying to figure out what the fuck is up with Renaissance hotels. I think I figured it out even here. Like those ones. They, they had to have an atrium. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. We'll end on this then. This is uh, the final one. Sort of like, uh, what was the best uh, breakout hallway topic? I'm sure everyone compared their frequent flyer miles. Like, are you on gold? How'd you get in? Did you come in? Sure, you had that. But was there was there a new and more interesting, or just just a hallway topic vibe everyone was discussing, whether it's related to the conference or related to something else? Well, so so the the thing I was discussing with people that I'm interested in the most, or that I like the most, was 
So and 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 I I, I was uh, I guess you could say subtweeting about this uh, earlier or <laughs> during the week is, you know, we're always about how like you know the operations people should like talk to the developers and help them out. But I was realizing like what we should start doing is tell the developers to like maybe you should like be nice to the operations people and like go talk to them because like you know like because operations people rightly so will be like i don't know i don't know how to talk to an angel they're just so holy and angelic and pure and here i am down here in my morlock zone and every time i talk with them i feel like i've gotten smoten by like their holiness right and so like what i've been thinking a lot about recently is like i think maybe these developers need to like calm the fuck down and maybe go talk to the operations and infrastructure people and just like I am and be like, so um, I don't know how to do DNS. Could you do that for me? That would be great. Like, how could you help me out with that? And um, probably that's the next step we need to move to is like, never mind, like getting the operations people to be more friendly. Like now I think it's the application developers who need to like, it's their turn to kind of like pick up the baton and, try to make things better i like that i almost feel like that's some sort of like sadie hawkins or whatever like someone should declare at the conference okay at this conference if you're an application developer you are responsible for initiating the conversations and then at the right. next one you can flip it be like all right operations people it is now your turn right so it would just be some type of yeah, uh, yeah. You know, forced team activities just making each group you know take the lead on uh, interacting with the other group right right, right. That, I, that I, I, feel, I feel like i feel like maybe no one has taken the collective application developer and said like hey can you come over here and you know you give them of course you're gonna have to give them like some uh, kombucha or whatever that, and be like hey go to the lenovo booth <laughs> right like let, let's have a beer let's have a kombucha like that that uh that are that organic ham on is fantastic you sit them down you talk with them and then you want to be like so um we brought you here because you're the problem and like we we've all been sort of like we've all been working for 20 or 30 years to like work on things and make it better and help you out we don't use ini files anymore like we move beyond that we we got powershell we, we've got YAML and Kubernetes. And now we kind of feel like it's your turn, right? Like you need to work on how you integrate with the rest of us and kind of make things work out. And uh, can, can you hand me your angel wings? Because we'll give those back to you once you're done with the program. And, uh, you know, then maybe we can all evolve as sort of like an IT industry. All right. Well, I like it. It sounds like uh, VMware Explorer EU was a big success. And uh, Kote, I'm sure you'll be recapping it on like one of the 17 million social platforms you have it. So we'll promote this mm. at the end. I'm sure that'll be good to take out. Now, I did want to say, uh, or did want to take a look at this Open Cloud uh, 2022 uh, deck. So, you know, a venture capitalist hiring MBA banking interns to create uh, a long PowerPoints. That's that's my wheelhouse. I'm always up for it. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I will so make sure fun. Interns. I will make fun one. of um, <laughs> all the PowerPointing. And then I see it. I'm like, this is some good stuff. This is some good PowerPoint. So the people yeah. at Battery Ventures, they put out this, I guess they call it the Open Cloud 2022 report. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we probably did cover the one last year and years before, but it doesn't matter. I'm, I like it. We're back again. So the slides that I want to uh, draw our attention to, because it is like, I don't know, it's like 40 slides. So we can't, you know, we can't go through them all in detail. Mm. Um, but I thought slide 12, I'm just going to say like, this isn't necessarily anything new, but I just love the way they presented this. This is just, this is why you go to Harvard and Princeton to learn how to format and make everything look this way. They have a very beautiful slide showing you, essentially the annualized cloud revenue for Azure, AWS, and Google Cloud, and then give you implied multiple. Uh -huh. They give you, it's just, I mean, it's just perfect. I'm like, this should just be a website. They should just create this. And I want to see this like every, I guess every 90 days, I want this to be published and, and sent to me and I'm sure they'll be able to do it. But not a lot to say there. I think the only thing, well, I guess the parts that maybe are interesting that jump out is the implied valuation. So th they have all attempted to essentially um, if you were just to value that business, we'll start with AWS on the, on its own, what do they think it will be worth? Right? So for AWS, they value it at 632 billion. So it's quite significant for Azure. It's 414 billion. And for Google cloud, it's 200 billion. So you can kind of, it's, it's like 
you know, putting aside that like all valuations are wrong to some degree, it's like they have they've done the work, they figured it out, and I think it's an interesting way to kind of you know. Um, what percent does that equate to? So the one that jumps out is AWS. So if we were to say uh, uh, what percent of the value does that make up of all of Amazon, that would be 48%. Uh, Azure, what percent does it make up of Microsoft's evaluations? 23%. And then uh, for uh, Google so, or Alphabet, to be more correct, that would be 16% of the value. So and that was cool. I just think it's interesting for them to put it on there. And of course, everyone can debate this at length, like if it's actually accurate or not. But the fact that someone did the homework and at least kind of gave us, uh, you know, their attempt at it, I really like it. I don't know, Kote, any immediate thoughts what, what, on, on oh, those numbers? So, so I just have a few questions. So what does implied cloud valuation mean? So they, basically they are taking the revenue of what uh-huh. the that division is and they're saying that it's essentially market cap it's like think of it that way it's sort of like oh this would right, be right, the right. market cap of this company okay. Okay. if it were standalone and then you can just do the math you can say okay and that's yes. what that that percentage is it's like okay if 48 percent of amazon's value is represented by aws today Right. Um, yes. Now, of yeah, course, yeah, and yeah. we would say the margin. And so the margin, that's the last number they give you is you know, for AWS is 29%. So you can always debate this stuff, but I like the fact they laid it all out. I see, and I they're, see. they're probably using what most people consider pretty traditional valuation metrics. And like everyone could argue about the model, but I like it. I just like the way, the fact that they have it all written out. It's like, it's well done. Good job, Battery Ventures people. I really yeah, enjoy yeah. this slide. So- so I, I enjoyed looking through these slides and this is, it's funny. You should pick this slide. This is a slide that I came to and I was like, Whoa, uh, I'm lost. Like I, like, like I was looking through then I finally came here and I was thinking like, I need to spend a lot more time looking at this one, but you've explained it. So they're trying to, they're trying to say that if the, these three companies were independent companies, this is how they would be valued and how you would think right. about them. And, and then also like the, um, the uh the percentage of valuation they contribute back to their big company so so there, there's another there's another row that's called cloud contribution to enterprise value which i and for amazon in q2 22 and i'm going to assume these are calendar year and not fiscal year that it's 48 percent yeah does that mean that's 48 they're providing 48 percent of the value market of, cap to say like yeah, amazon the market cap. To, to, yep. to amazon the parent mm-hmm. company well, that's pretty in the way they get there. And this is the part like we can all like kind of debate is that because they show their work, which is nice. They basically they yeah. call it illustrative multiple. Right. So they pick out a multiple and they're saying it's eight times. So they're just saying like one dollar of revenue, you know, times eight is it's basically worth eight times, you know, if uh-huh. inside the market cap. And it's like, should that multiple be higher? Or should that market be, multiple be lower? But you can argue, but you can kind of just see the math. So you can say, okay, they're just, and they use the same, the thing I like here too, is they use the same number across. Now, if we were, maybe yes. we worked at Google, we'd be like, hey, we're not making as much. Our multiple should be 12 or whatever, right? Maybe we'd come up with some argument or in the case of Azure. So, and that's what I think, that's why I like the slide is it's just like levels it out. It puts everyone on the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so I'd be yeah. like, if I did it and, and then you can kind of just start to argue, you know, about it from year to year. But I, I really like it. I would, I would want to go one step further. I'd be like, just make battery ventures, just make this a website. Just literally, you can just like publish this slide. And I know they're right, right, right. Well, that's what the and, and and so 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 now that you explain it, yeah, th- th- this is a nice slide. Slide twelve for people following along. I, I like it because it kind of lays it out. You have the numbers there. Now, let me pull an Andrew Schaefer here and completely like upend the 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 sort of like perspective. So. To, to zoom out. So I was looking through all these slides and as I was looking through them, I was like, each individual slide is fascinating. And so mm-hmm. I'm paging through it, paging through it. And at some point, like one of the things I've learned to do when you look through this kind of stuff is to say, who is this for? Like, like, so if, if, if who is going to sit down and read how many slides are here? Uh, 45. Hold on. I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. <laughs> I'm scrolling. Yes, 44 slides. Let's see. You've got the cover slide and the battery team slide. So that's 44. Let's throw out two slides. And then let's throw in like two more slides for just like, I don't know, cool pictures. And say we have 40 slides of like actual content, right? Oh, there's even more because each section has its own slide. So let's call it 35 slides. And like, so plus a disclaimer slide, we'll go to 30, right? And so like, there's a lot of charts in here. 
And so like I I would be I would be genuinely fascinated to see like so you go into somewhere and you bring this slide deck and let's say no one has any questions for the hour meeting that you have. And so you're walking <laughs> through this slide deck and then you oh. get to the you, you finally get to slide 44. We have the picture of the team and they all look great. Love the team there. And so like, what is the full story you have told? And then like, what is going on here? Cause this is like, all right, let me answer. I'm going to try to take this on. on I feel like I can answer it. I'm going to try to, I'm going to give you multiple uh, answers. Like, okay, uh-huh. who, first of all, who is sitting in the audience? And I think there's a couple different people. One, it's uh, if, if you're going after, uh, you know, essentially an LP, a limited partner, they want to come like you are battery ventures and you want to go convince people to give you money to go invest, right? They may say to you like, well, what are you going to invest in it? And you say, well, we're really looking uh, at investing heavily in the cloud market, right? And Uh that person may say, well, like, I don't really know that much about it. Like what's going on? Who's making money? What's the lay of the land? And what are the, back to the thing, if I gave you money, what are some expected returns I could see back, right? Because I'm I'm just, uh, I'm uh, running a large endowment probably for like a private university. And you're asking me for a hundred million dollar commitment. And so you may take me through this and say, um, cause I do this all day long. I'm used to looking at this. People come in, they tell me they want to invest. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. see stuff like what's it worth today? What are the multiples? What are the, what are the implied growth rates? And what is the total addressable market? Right. And that's essentially what these 40 slides are giving you. And then they're yes. giving you that coupled with, a little bit of flavor of like, here are the big companies that are established. Here are the small companies that are up and coming. And here are the new markets that haven't yet been established or are being established that we're going to go invest in. And after seeing all of this, you would be like, thank you so much. You now educated me on the cloud market. I'm going to give you a hundred million dollars. And in three years, uh, send me a memo and let me know how that money's doing. So I can like update my uh, hedge fund or my um, endowment. So I think that would be one person. And the second one I'd say would be founders, right? Like people coming in that are pitching them ideas like, hey, you know, I want to start the next uh, open source cloud technologies. I think they would look at this and say, okay, where do you fit inside of this, right? And of course, the uh, entrepreneur may be like, hey, it's totally brand new. Like this is a new trillion dollar market. Or they may kind of like, you know, kind of figure out like, well, we play in this space. And like, and then you'd probably have some discussion more than a presentation around, well, you're valuing this particular area of the market like this, but we really think it's like this. And I would come in with some data, some charts like yeah, this. So I'd get yeah. my MBA people right together and be like, yeah, look at my PowerPoint. And then they would look at your PowerPoint. And then we kind of hash it out. We'd be like, well, we see an opportunity to work together. We'd be like, no, we don't. Like your charts are, are much more optimistic than our charts or vice versa. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I think- I think that, and then of course, just like people like us, like industry analysts and like as podcasters and, you know, people that are just sort of trying to like make sense of the entire market. I think that would be the third yeah. group of people. All right. So I, I got a lot of yes and to add to this. And, and, <laughs> and, and I think I agree completely with everything you said. So first of all, you're making me think that, so, so, okay. So for, for context, back when I did M&A, I had hard drives full of slides like these right? They, they were like gold for the job that I did. And, and they were coming all the time, hot and heavy. And, and so like, um, they're almost like, like, as you were describing it, a, a slide deck like this is the equivalent of like, I banker butt sniffing that dogs would do, right? Like, it's almost <laughs> like, th- this is my, my investment bank. Or I would say, let's say it's slightly different. It's their sales deck, right? So you were on the buy side then, right? They were on the sell side. Right, so they right, want to right, walk right, in no. and they're just pitching you services. To- like, to- totally, totally. You but, want, you want but, some of this cloud market, get in here, right? But, but, but I mean it a little more like, like and, and this gets to my second point is like, so if you read through this, right? Like if you read through it as a, uh, 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 as, as a dog might, as a connoisseur of smelling another dog's butt, you're sort of like, <laughs> all right, I know what's going on here. Like, I mean, I don't know, y- you all have dogs and kind of like you have to walk the fucking dog all the goddamn time because the other people who profess that they love it and they like the dog and they don't want to get rid of it, I don't know why they're not walking it. I'm walking it for some goddamn reason. <laughs> and so like you're observing the dogs and like, you know, when a dog meets another dog and they don't immediately want to like kill it or whatever, uh, they're sort of like, this is my primary interface to figure out what's going on here. I'd like to like, it's kind of like, you know, they smell each other. And so like when you get a slide deck like this, you look at it and you're like, hmm, I kind of see what's going on here. Maybe I'd like to hang out with these people. To your point, Brandon, like I, I get their deal, right? So 
So you've got that going on. It's almost like a deck like this for a certain amount of people is like a brand representation. Like this is the equivalent of like, we got to get that, uh, that uh, grandson of Darth Vader guy to like do a cologne ad for us. <laughs> and, and so, so this is like, this is like the way you represent your brand. And um, now the second thing is like, you're making me think that like the other person, the other audience for a deck like this, cause I used to get this is it's basically like the people I would used to be like the junior staff like the people who have to go do all the work and then, and then applying like a lean manufacturing sort of an a lean software development mentality. It's almost like, well, why don't you just have all the junior staff talk with each other and just like figure it out? Because instead what's going to happen is you got all the executives doing their stuff and they're talking and they're doing all this stuff. And, you know, we joke about like the interns and the eye bankers and then they go to their junior staff and they're just going to like make them like, you know, as we used to say, do a bunch of rock fetching exercises, kind of like just cycle through stuff. And then they're going to send it back over to the executives on the other side of the table who are going to do the same thing. And it's kind of like, well, why don't you just get the junior staff together and have them sort it out? And then you'll be done. Like it'll save everyone a lot of time because they're the ones making the slides and lining things up. And just in the same way that in lean manufacturing, they're like, why don't you move the decisions as close to the line as possible? Like the people actually doing the work, they might have a lot of insight into like the macros they use in Excel and how they're making the charts. So maybe they should just talk with each other. Right. And to that end, I think the presentation is kind of broken up into that, right? So the first part is sort of the overview, but then if you will, getting the people back together, that's really about, okay, have the people get back together and they can go through the operational best practices for open cloud companies, right? And in there, like we won't go in detail, but it's just sort of like, They have a bunch of standard stuff like here's how you do product-led growth. Here's how you do product-assisted growth. Here's how you do sales influence growth. Okay, here's how you go a cloud-native demand funnel. Here's a legacy demand funnel. So they would just kind of go through because someone's going to go through and be like, okay, are you doing all of this? What are you doing? What are you not doing? And then they have some slides in there like, okay, what are your conversion rates of your qualified leads? So this would all just be like, you know, either if you're trying to raise money from a battery like they're going to want to know the answers to all these questions right or they're going to at least tell you like for the first board meeting we want to see all of this right and so this is the details that the vp of marketing or the demand generation person will have to sit down and the sales team right have to sit down and work out all of their answers to these questions and 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 tell me if i'm wrong here but like in reading through that section of it like i feel like over the past couple of years my theory is that whenever you see a presentation like this from vcs and it's like operational implications. All they're saying is, what is the ratio between R&D, sales, and marketing? Mm-hmm. And like, that's almost like, that's the slide they kept looking for is like, so in this phase of the, of the market, like, what should I, how should I be spending money, right? Because there's kind of like, and it makes sense. Like if you are an investor or uh, what do they call them? A limited partner, right? Like the only control you have is basically like allocation of money in those three buckets. I mean, I guess you have like, um, what do they call it? HR and finance and all those things, but SG and A, but never mind that. But like, it's basically just like, how do we allocate money to these three functions uh, throughout the life of a startup? And that's what I kept flipping through to find out is like, so uh, do you want me to hire more developers or hire more salespeople, or <laughs> well, I think we what do they're more showing here, like, like which yeah, one do I, think I spend more money on? I think they're giving you sort of like here are the models for them. This is the way they're going to say it. they're going to say like here are the models that we've seen work, right? And so we would like yeah, to yeah. know which of these models and how you're doing it, and then to answer the questions for the boardroom when they actually do it, they'll say now go to the KPI section, right? And says okay, when you present whatever model you picked, right? should we're now going to then measure you against these KPIs that are listed here. So, so, you know, you're doing a good job. If you could say like I did product led growth and I'm getting, uh, cause they have the KPIs. <laughs> I love this oh, I like best, that. I like better, that. good. Right. Which is like good, of course, means failing better. Means, now, now, like, now, now, hold um, on, Brandon, what, which, mm-hmm. which slide are you looking at here? Well, this is the whole to, section uh, that's uh, building a lasting public company. And it's, uh, you know, like the, um, the revenue growth levels, uh, revenue oh, growth and, um, percentages right so they kind of give you the answer and this would be um because like the market so think about it right if we think about like consuming a deck Uh the marketing team demand generation sales teams kind of come up with all the go-to-market models they figure out which which of those things they're doing now the cfo or the financial uh professional for the company then says okay give me all the results 
And I have to like turn our uh, statement and create some slides to show that, yeah, we're doing all this. Like the rule of 40 measures effic- uh, efficiency. Like we're, we're doing this. We're investing a certain amount of money in our, uh, to your original question, into development. And that's turning into a certain amount of dollars. And that's on uh-huh, par uh-huh. with this. And we want to be in either the green or the uh, blue category, which is best and better. And then, of course, I feel, if we're in the I, feel, good category, I feel like green would be the best, right? You right yeah, you really green. want to be green okay. growing to blue. Of course, good. And of course, like they're selling themselves. So really what they want to write is cross out good and, and write bad and then turn it red. But they use good and orange, right? So it's just like, you know, it's all code, right? So it's like, yeah, if you're in the good, you're, you're done. You're like, huh. you're not, okay. you're going to have okay. a lot of people all over you. So um, so there's lots of stuff in here. And I guess maybe the last slide we can talk about and we can, uh, is just because, you know, I, I love, there's nothing I love more than an uh, early innings slide, right? When someone says it's early innings of cloud and then like wants to tell us what it is. So this is slide uh, 13. I'll try to put these in as uh, show art so people can kind of follow along. So in their case though, you know, and it says, quote, we're in the early innings of cloud adoption, end quote. Uh-huh. Oh, just, uh-huh. just the most perfect, you know, you use the metaphor, uh, just, you know, I can't get enough of this. So what they have said here is, um, I'm going to summarize it all down. It says that the overall infrastructure market is 919 billion, and they think um, that today in 2022, cloud spend re- represents about 25% of it. So uh-huh. this is new. Yeah. Like Kote, we've been tracking this. Like two years ago, it was five percent. This year, we've heard 10 percent. Now this slide dares to go at 25 percent, and it goes. Well, well let, go let me add. What, what I think has happened is in the past two months. Two months, the growth rate is is amazing. The shit has doubled. In, That's in not what the stock market years. says. Something has happened in the last two hours. Now, of course, they would like the defensible part is like I say, well, we're only looking at infrastructure spend, right? Because like oh, really, okay, when okay, you're sure, sure. when you're like AWS Azure, like you just like you leave it undefined, like what you're talking about. You're like mm-hmm. growth is uncapped, but you're not really even sure what what you've just find. So they, to their credit, they put a number on. They said nine nineteen. So, but I think we can just make it a trillion. I'm going to round up to a trillion and be like, okay, it's a trillion dollars. We think we're at 250 billion and we're at 25% of the way there to getting everything. And they've got a bunch of uh, charts on here that kind of like, you know, show you where the, where the spend is. That isn't is, uh, interesting, but I just think it is interesting. It's like, okay, battery ventures, they need to, they're on, they're out there 25%. That's the highest I've seen it. The highest statistics someone totally. has put out there. Uh, and, and I do think, even though it says just IT infrastructure, I still think it's sort of, it, it, it feels more real to me than the other stuff, maybe because they just have lots of fancy charts that go with it. But I'm like, okay, I feel like they, it feels closer to reality than like the, uh, unbounded, uh, market caps that I'm sure we're going to hear about at AWS reInvent that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think in summary, fantastic deck. Oh, like like well, the, the team that worked on this is, is I mean this is uh, I I think someone said the word art, this is a piece of art. Right? I think like, it's fantastic. It, it, I went through. Yeah. I did like the fonts. Everything's really consistent. I could only really find one place where I thought maybe they didn't like do some you know some of the nice uh, a line across a horizontal line. That's okay. We'll forgive it. Well, I, I can only find no, one no, error no. in it. And and the best thing is like you know this is the template. So in nine months they start working on the refresh and it and, and oh. it's easy to do. You know. Oh, so just yes. keep 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 uh, iterating over perfection. Oh, my, well, I will you're, just... you're, you're 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 giving me like uh like you're giving me memories, Matt Ray. Like who the team that worked on this? I guarantee you, they spent like two to four hours on that conversation. They were like, "Dude," and like, "What if we make a template of this?" But like, that's we the can, thing. We, Next like, year, let's it's new save the spreadsheet, and all we have to do is like we've just got to upload the CSV to the Excel spreadsheet. And then you like push the button and boom, new slides if it's consistent. And well, I'll say this, uh, you know, we, we probably spent too much time on it, but there at the end, there are four people listed and they seem to be listed in order of hierarchy. And, and the person that sort of published or the named author, I guess, is the general partner. But they have two people on here, Jason and Patrick, that I did look at their LinkedIn's and also based on the picture, they look like they're... Um, New to the not new to the industry, they, they're uh, they're relatively young, still coming up. I think uh, is is doing it, and I have thought to myself, like, I really want to interview them. I actually don't want to enter, like, because I want to hear the details of like slide by slide, like what went into this, who was doing what, how long did it take, and how many reviews did they have to do with their general partner to get this thing done? Because it's like I, I bet you, I bet you, this took quite a long time. So if anyone knows Jason or Patrick, and they, if you think they would want to come on the show, I'll have them on, and we'll, we will talk at length. 
probably more length than anyone wants, but we can go through it in, in real detail. Go take oh, your point. That and would we'll be go great. And we'll get all the details. Like, why did they do? Maybe I missed out some uh, some people. They no, can tell you, me. Well, you, you know what we'll these do? These slides like, is like, why 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 did we make these slides? Well, you didn't know about this other group that we have to talk to. And I'm like, oh, I, 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 I have been on the wrong side of the table many times for the following phrase. We'll go through it slide by slide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think this is he- like here in Barcelona, you know what this is in our, our domain of like, I banker investment de- decks. This is like the Sagrada Familia of like <laughs> I banker decks, except these motherfuckers finished it. Like they actually <laughs> built it out and it's done. Right. So it's, oh. uh, it's, it's good stuff. I, no, I, I, I like it. I it. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's enough about that deck. Uh, well, Cote, do, uh, do we have any conferences that you're not currently at that you want to promote going forward? Uh, well, that is a is is a good question. So, uh, you know, I I was telling people personally, I need to finally sit down and submit to a bunch of con- not submit to submit talks to a bunch of conferences, <laughs> and I guess you know submit to them uh, that that I will be going to. But there are several conferences coming up. There's the All Day DevOps Conference, uh, which is very soon now uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this live, uh, which will be fun, and the uh, that conference, which is going to be in Round Rock, Texas. Uh, you can register for that. Uh, you know, you were there, Brandon. It seemed like a great conference. You can get, it's going to be January 15th and 18th of 2023. That's next year, right? Correct. Did I get yeah, that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you, when you register for it, which you totally should, you can use the code SDT for 5% off, which will buy you a lot of tacos, the, the, <laughs> the savings that you had there. And then uh, Cloud Native Security Con is coming in, uh, up in Seattle February 1st to 2nd. And I don't actually know. We haven't talked with our friends over at the CNCF. But I think there's KubeCon Europe is going to be in Amsterdam in, like, March or one of the M months. Uh, and so, like, I'm, I need to figure that out because, uh, obviously, it's great to be able to bike to a conference. Um, the, the CFP is going on right now. So you got, I think, another yes. week or two. So yeah, yeah. I have, a, I have a reminder somewhere that hopefully I'll look at. Uh, that's the key yeah. with reminders. I don't know if you know this, Matt Ray, but um, a reminder is only good if you look at it. Uh, which I almost... that would explain the style of posted no- the stack of posted notes. Oh, there. Yes, which you which I, I I almost think like I think we've just cracked the problem with all systems about remembering things to do. It's like if I could remember that I was supposed to do this, I would have done it. And now what you're telling me is that I need to remember to look at my remembering of remembering to do something. I think that's which, like step one of getting things done is the review uh, step. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So there's uh, several conferences coming up. Y'all should check those out. Uh, they would be fun. Do we have any bureaucracy this week, Brandon? Uh, just a little bit. I just want to let everyone know two things. One, if you would like a sticker, email me your postal address at stickers at software talk.com. I'll be happy to email you stickers anywhere in the world. I had a listener uh, right in this week. They were originally in a different country. I mailed it off to them, but it didn't get there. It was international, but they moved to the United States. So they gave me the new address and I'm confident this time I, I, I addressed it correctly and, uh, and the postage was less. So, so that's fine. So sometimes people like, if they don't get there, you can just email me because I, I, I'm sure I've made many errors or if you relocate or if you get a new laptop, that's another thing people do. Um, you should definitely do that. And also uh, if you would like to see uh, more of us talking uh, about other nonsense, you should watch the live YouTube recording of any of the episodes. So you can just go to uh, our YouTube channel and you can see kind of all the outtakes, all the things that happen behind the scenes. It's it's riveting. It's even better than uh, you would have ever imagined. So subscribe to our YouTube channel and check that out to see more of us. I, I, I feel like if there are any people out there who work on a um, uh, address normalization framework, Brandon, you would be one of the top three users <laughs> to to talk to an interview in their product management. I've learned I've learned a lot about international mail. That is for sure. <laughs> That's definitely true. Absolutely. Well, well, with that, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend this episode? Uh, my recommendation this week is a good customer support. Um, it's nice when you get it, so I like to call it out. <laughs> uh, so I've got a a, a a a desktop PC under my desk that. The, the power of course you do broke. yeah well you, do, you, do you only have one matt ray i only have one i've got you know up in the closet i've got you know the nine uh-huh, or ten uh-huh. little arm devices but um good good the power button broke and i i looked online and it turned out you know it was a common complaint is the power button on this thing breaks it was out of warranty but i've fired them an email 
they shipped it from Sweden, a replacement part, like out of warranty, no questions asked. Uh, you know, nice. so thanks, Fractal Design. And then uh, thanks to COVID, I missed the the 20K trail run I was training for. And I emailed the organizers. I was like, hey, I got COVID. Um, your your cancellation thing says no refunds. Can I have my, uh, uh, can I have it just moved to next year? And I'll try again. And they're like, sure. Like just, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to ask, but uh, it's nice when you get, yeah, something positive. You're, you're making me think like, you know, I, I have in my mind, I have this t-shirt company that I've never started ever since Cormac <laughs> was born back in 2010. And there's a new one that, that you're making me think of that would say, uh, it never hurts to ask, just don't ask me. I think it's maybe <laughs> like a, <laughs> a design that would be popular. Huh. All right. How about yourself, Brandon? What do you have to recommend? I'm going to recommend the second season of The Vow, which was... Uh, an HBO documentary about the Nexum. I guess I'm going to call it a cult and call it whatever. But basically the first season was sort of like all about kind of taking down this cult. And then season two is uh, not surprising. A bunch of people are arrested and um, they're being tried and things like that. And most of it's already known. So you can kind of search out what's happened, but it's, I think it's been fascinating. And I guess I'm always sort of fascinated by um, these interviews of the people that sort of like got involved with it. And now they're sort of like stepping back from it. And they're sort of like, you know, kind of people just asking all the questions, like, like what happened? Like, why did you get involved in this? How did you, you know, uh, what were you thinking? Kind of like, I guess that's what it is. So it's interesting to see the interviews. I just, I don't know. I'm always fascinated by these kind of like, mm. I don't know, maybe it's just the human mind, right? The human mind can, uh, can kind of convince you of lots of things. And I was thinking, you know, I'll, I'll just touch on it briefly today was, um, Cause you watch this and you're like, wow, this is pretty crazy. I'm not so sure, you know, like, you know, I wonder, you kind of like, I always have the question, like, how do people get into it? And that's why I like hearing about it. But then I was thinking about today, um, FTX, you know, we didn't talk about it today on the show, but like FTX is the big cryptocurrency <laughs> thing that's owned by uh, what SBF, Sam, you know? And so, so overnight, this thing went from $32 billion to basically worthless when somebody kind of threatened to basically, you know, sell their token. And I was thinking to myself, like, well, I guess that's kind of the same example. Like, it's just sort of like everyone believed it was worth 32 billion last night. And then today they all changed their mind and it's like worth nothing. So it's sort of like the human mind. It can uh, really play tricks on you. So check out the vow if you want to uh, see more about Nexium. Yeah, it, it's, it seems like now I'm no, uh, whoever that Russell Crowe guy was who like was in Beautiful Minds or whatever. But like, I don't know, you watch Flocks of Birds and Nash. they just like, all, all of a sudden they fly one direction and you're like, I don't know, I guess they're fucking crazy. Like just one bird decided it looked cool over there and now they're all going that way, uh, which is a, a t- seems like a type of mania. Wasn't that like, uh, if I remember from the, 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 the movie, he figured out like why birds did something. I don't know. I, I got to call up Schaefer and have him explain that to me. Uh, but so my recommendation this week is, um, as people know, I, uh, I have uh, canceled the family Spotify subscription because we already have Apple Music. And I just want to say, now I know, Brandon, you're a convert. It turns out uh, Apple Music and Spotify, pretty much the same thing. I think Spotify (laughs) is, I would almost say at this point, I mean, I guess, obviously, though, Spotify is like Windows and Apple Music is like Apple. So Spotify has like all these options. It's very hierarchical. Like it's almost like you've opened up, uh, what do they call those like... um, uh, uh, GUIs where you kind of like walk down the tree of a directory structure. There was a name for that kind of thing. Like you would have it in DOS. Do you remember that guy, Alex at BMC? Like he had some app that he would use in DOS. that was like the mega file manager thing or whatever. So like Spotify is like the mega file manager, like thing that you use. Whereas Apple music is kind of like the, uh, the OS thing where it's just sort of like in a very annoying way. It's like, God damn it. I know there's a hierarchy here that I would like to walk, but you just will not show it to me. Give me a hierarchy. Anyways, I've been using Apple Music. So I was listening to, yeah, and and it's great. But I was listening to uh, on the, um, I I, I think maybe it's the first full album from Outcast, the uh, the, uh, Atlians album. And there's a song on there that I like a lot called uh, Wheels of Steel. And I've listened to it so many times over the past 15 years, but I listened to it finally in Apple Music, and I don't know what version they have there, but it's got like a whole bunch of different stuff in the background. So if you know, like know that song really well, you'll listen to it and you're just like, oh, I just heard someone breathe or I just heard like someone say this that I've never heard before. It's kind of like, you know, if you listen to like some sort of classical music recording, like, you know, when the violinist is going to like take a breath, 
like you hear all that stuff and like i don't know it comes out a lot more than any version that do, I. do you think like like maybe Spotify? i don't know it seems like spotify seems to have more of the the remixes and extended versions and is apple like the more basic stuff or am i just projecting i have no idea but whatever it is <laughs> like it's it's like i i mean i mean i almost want i i don't i'm not an audiophile but i almost want to say that it's like higher quality so it has more stuff i don't know i don't know what it is but like it's uh i'm looking forward to getting rid of spotify now so you got me thinking i don't know listen i'm a devout apple music but i don't know we have some music people in the chat maybe they'll give us advice but i i don't know i think like if real serious music fans always tend to explain to me why spotify is better and i agree with them and keep using apple music so i don't take that for what it's it's, take that for what it's worth i got a spotify family plan for the family not for me so i'm like if i can just move them to apple because i'm already paying for storage now default (laughs) lifestyle got me got me over that ray this is what i'm saying you you, you can pay apple like 30 dollars a month and have all of that taken care of and then you can cancel your spotify family thing but your 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 Spotify like family thing is like eighteen twenty dollars a month, is right? It? Jeez, I gotta cancel that. It's expensive. So and and you gotta be like, you know what? They have music over here that we already have, and like, well, Amazon's got some music now too, right? I mean, but come on, that's like, <laughs> you know, that's like buying your steaks at Walmart. Like, don't do that. Oh. I don't know. Like, like it, it, it feels like you just, you should consume your music from some other place or maybe it's fine. Actually, I have no idea. Could be perfectly great in your prime membership there, but, but you've got the storage. Walmart stakes are fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, even much... What do I care? You know what? They're, they're, they're going to be hella better than whatever I buy in the Netherlands. So like I, I would welcome a Walmart stake. That'd be fantastic. Uh, well, with that, speaking of Walmart steaks, uh, if you want to ship one of those to me, uh, you know, send me a message, an email. Uh, you got to ship it overnight so it doesn't go bad. I'll send you my mailing address, uh, my home address, so you can ship me a Walmart steak, which I will gladly consume. If you want to get a steak from Costco, Walmart, Target, Fresh Plus, Food Lion, anywhere, uh, feel free to send it to me uh, once you get my address. Um, and after you're done with that, uh, you'll remember that you've been listening to Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, there's all sorts of things that we talked about and as Brandon alluded to, uh, didn't talk about. You can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 386. Um, and you know, if you're in a hurry, just press the turbo button and you'll accelerate your 386 processor and get there much faster. If you want to take your time to press the, the turbo button, you can kind of like walk through the game a little bit better. It'll be easier. But you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 386 and find those show notes. And uh, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Matt Ray, I, I managed to do this episode, like record this every week, and my brain's always mush, so you'll be fine. Don't worry. I, I, I've demonstrated over the years it's totally possible. I feel, I feel like if I want to get more unsweetened iced tea with pellet ice than I can drink, I'm going to go to Amazon. <laughs>